0: This is the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast, where we are meeting every week to discuss living from a position of power, living with boldness, living with confidence. This is the practical podcast, where we are walking out God's principles and promises to see the best manifested for our lives. You are the CEO of your life. You have the God-given power and authority to live a purpose-driven, successful life. We're live. This is week two of Money and Matrimony with Perth and Tanisha Phillip. We are back for another week of family and finance. And we are, of course, live from the Throne Room Thoughts Facebook page. So come on in, people, and join us. It's me and my boo babe. You're not you're not in the thing, you know.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm here. What's up, guys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're not in the I'm telling my boo that he need to Get in the shot, honey. Get into this Facebook live, boo. Can we see it on the laptop? I don't even like how do you even scroll down on here? <laughs> I don't even know.
1: All right, so give a quick, quick recap for last week.
0: So, small. for anyone who may have missed us last week, we started off by just going over some stats about um the success rate of marriage and some of the leading causes of divorce and some different interesting statistics that we discovered about um, marriage and finance. So one of those statistics stated that um, only 43% of the general population actually talked about money before marriage, which was super interesting because um, given the high divorce rate and the Conflicts and the different things that occur in marriage, it was interesting to see that only about 43% of the general population talked about money before marriage. So that was one of the things that we touched on last week. We sort of discussed um, the kind of things that influence the way you see money, and we talked about when the right time is to actually discuss finances and discuss a person's credit history and those kind of things with the person, like when you're dating and when you're courting someone or when you, you know, you've been hanging out together for a while and then you realize you're going to actually be serious with this person and settle down. So we were talking about when the right time is to actually discuss um finances and discuss those kinds of stuff so that is what we talked about last week we had a really really good discussion about that and we talked about um we got um some feedback from those who were watching with us and those who joined us about what their experience has been with finances and financial knowledge and um all of those different kind of things so that's basically the wave that we're on for the next um five weeks we're going to be talking every monday in july about money and matrimony family and finance and all of the different things that impact the way you go into a marriage and the way you function in your marriage when where finances are concerned um hi Afton lynch how are you love welcome 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 honey This is week two of Money and Matrimony. It is me, Tanisha. It is the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. It is Perth Phillip, my husband. And we are just basically talking about this very, very important subject of money and matrimony. And especially for us, too, another um, another unique element that we bring to the table is the fact that we have a blended family. And so it's even that much more important for us to talk about this, to get other people's input on this and to share where. Hi, honey bun. <laughs> Michelle how are you honey welcome welcome This is week two make sure you guys share the video As you come on in we're talking about Money and matrimony Um, As I was saying my husband and I have A blended family and so we bring Um other aspects of our former life into our marriage. And so it's even that much more important that we're on the same page where all of these major issues are concerned. When, you, when you're not on the same page in terms of raising your children, um, morals, ethics, values, finances, those kinds of issues, tend to seep their way into your relationship and potentially threaten your marriage. And so we always strive to be on the same page where all of these very important things are concerned. And of course, um, as I stated last week, um, one of the leading causes of divorce is lack of financial compatibility. Again, this was very interesting to me because when people say like, oh, you know, divorce is um, over 50 percent high, the divorce rate. And you're like, oh, OK, well, you think lying, cheating, dis- you know, deception and these kind of things are the the issues that may lead to divorce. And then you look at the statistics and it's like, nah, lack of financial compatibility, not lack of finances, but lack of agreement and lack of connection in terms of how you manage your finances, what you're doing with your finances, what somebody else's financial record actually looks like and how that tends to um, affect your marriage. And so we want to bring these discussions right on out into the open. And talk about it. How are you guys doing? How was your day guys? It is 738 on a Monday evening. We are joining you guys live from the throne room thoughts podcast. How was your day guys? How are you guys doing? Make sure you share the video as you come on in and of course give us your valuable input where finances are concerned This continues to be a very taboo subject that we are deliberately trying to drag out into the open because it's only when you um, Start to dig things up and highlight different things and actually discuss it that we can address it so this is very strategic on our part to bring these discussions out into the open and take an honest inventory of our financial IQ, what we know, of course, what we don't know, and how we can change that in order to begin to build wealth, build generational, long-lasting wealth. Husband, what say you?
1: Ah uh, yeah, I'm just busy with all the sharing and I setting up everything up online. <laughs> um, I think you know last week was a great conversation. It was good to hear from from some people, and you know they shared yeah um, their experience with um, meeting their spouses. You know
0: yeah and how
1: they transitioned from having that conversation. I think the general consensus was, you have that conversations once you have that conversation um, once as a couple, you realize like you're heading to the next level yeah. in terms of commitment and, and seriousness. Um, but at the very start, you may not be there at the very beginning. Um, and so that's fine. So I think yeah. it has to be a mutual thing. It has yeah. to be both people saying, hey, what's next? And if that, by the way, we just, we can't ignore the the baby crying. If you
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> the yeah, elephant yeah, yeah. or the, the
1: baby in the room.
0: I was definitely um, ignoring it. I'm not yeah, even going to lie yeah. to you. I was just like <laughs> doing my own thing. But yes, there is some crying in the background. And that is uh, Miss Layla Jade Marie refusing to take her nap.
1: Trying and to be so on, on the podcast She so. wants
0: to be down with the get down yeah. So we just gonna roll on through <laughs> We
1: are gonna, gonna push through You have to say Because somebody's gonna be like Oh, y'all yeah, can't feed the baby Y'all here on, Listen, uh, let's be clear She is fed, fed. She's Clean. changed
0: She is good to go She has had a very she long day She had
1: chicken, empanadas
0: Yeah, yeah chicken Something wings. Help.
1: Yeah, she's she's pretty full.
0: Mac and cheese when she got home with her sister. So she is definitely doing the most right now, but we um we're going to push through because we said we're going to meet you guys for 6 weeks every Monday in July and we are holding fast to that period. So come on in, share the video as you guys come on in. Good night, everyone. We are here for week two of Money and Matrimony. We are talking family and finances and all that is involved with that very convoluted subject. Yeah. (laughs) So come on in and join us. And what? how this
1: how this works is it's it's not a it's not a um, a class. No, right? no, no, we're not here <laughs> because we've figured out some some thing and mastered it. It's nice we're having a conversation. So if we say something and you you have something to share, totally, um, just share it and we'll read it out and we'll you know we'll learn something from each other. So,
0: Absolutely, um, this is a dialogue. Yeah, and I think that we all have valuable knowledge. We're all experts on our own lives, and we bring that expertise to the table. And so as Pert said this is definitely a dialogue we are certainly not masters of finances but we would like to be and so there are certain kinds of things that we have learned and certain kind of knowledge that we have acquired that we've been putting to work and we've certainly been seeing the results of putting it to work and so we we just want to have a dialogue and a larger conversation with everyone else yes Izzy how are you welcome Welcome to the throne room thoughts podcast live. This is week two of money and matrimony. The question on the floor is what does money mean to you? What does money mean to you? We decided for week two that we would introduce a series of questions that get us thinking and a series of questions that we all need to ask ourselves in order to actually start to look at finances and start to look at the relationship that we have with money. We all have our own relationship with money and our own ways of viewing money that impact the way we handle money. And so the question on the floor is, what does money mean to you? What say you, Perth Phillip? What does money mean to you? Or what has it meant to you
1: historically um it's meant it's meant different things as, as at different points of my life okay. um um you know it's it's it hasn't always been a tool yeah um it was just a means to an end it's like you gotta you gotta have it to make things happen right mm-hmm. and so i never i never in my mind i never looked at it looked at it beyond just okay I i, I need to get more money i need to get more of it So I could handle these bills and the more I got, the more bills I had. Isn't that crazy? Something was kind of wrong with that way of thinking. Yes.
0: I talked about that. I um a few weeks ago I posted a video on Instagram where I talked about the fact that um as I, you know, I worked in the social services field for about 12 years. And thank God my career as my career advanced, my um my pay advanced as well. And it was like no matter how much money I was making. I couldn't understand where the money was going. No matter how much money, no matter how many raises, bonuses I mm-hmm. got, it was like, okay, but where is all of this money going? I didn't really felt like I had um, much to show for the large raises and the, and the bonuses and all of those different things. So it's very interesting that you, um, you mentioned that. It's like you get more money and then you get more bills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Izzy says money answers all things.
0: Money answers all things. Let's let's expand on that, Izzy. What um what does that mean? Does money answer all things? Very, very good question. Money answers all things, says Izzy. Does money answer all things, Perth Phillip, in your opinion?
1: Um, yeah, in my opinion it does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then what is the reason that you have um, wealthy people that are depressed, wealthy people that commit suicide, people that have fortune and fame and all of the things that in society we look at it and say, wow, they've made it. And these same people are some of the people that are struggling with mental illness and sadness and loneliness.
1: I mean, money is a lens, you know, it, it will magnify it will magnify the carrier. Um, so it's like um, people who suffer with depression. Uh, with money, um, they'll still be rich and depressed. It's like wow. uh, people who are mean and stingy will be stingier with the more money they have. Like you <laughs> don't be Scrooge with yeah, money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't get to be given. They'll have the um, the basement full of gold and, and swimming through gold coins, yeah. in, like in the cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's just a magnifying glass. So it's like it's not a surprise that you think people uh, who have it all and seem can't seem to get it together. And so it's like money won't money won't give you happiness. Um, if you were happy before you had money and you have money you could, you could be a happy rich individual Yeah. so it's like you have to think about the core of who you are Yeah. and so I think that's why people miss the mark Ma, in terms of you know the power it has like it doesn't have um, any more power than you give it right. if, if you give it all power if you give over to it that's why the love of it is the root of evil right. having it and, and, and designing to, to, to do great things nothing wrong with that absolutely but to, the, to have the desire for it and not know how to really use it is what's going to get you like you know yeah in the wrong way so
0: yeah that's what that's what gets you in trouble yeah the value that we assign to it absolutely what do you think has shaped your outlook on money
1: uh, that's to me
0: yeah, I mean to, it's, it's, to Perth and to, to our all of our <laughs> all of our listeners and everybody watching. What has shaped your outlook on money? I love Izzy's answer. Money is the answer to everything. Donna Ingram says you need money for the day today, but if you don't manage it well, whether you have ten dollars or a thousand, it will destroy you. Yeah, that's a fact. One hundred percent. That's a whole fact. Yeah. If you don't manage it well, sometimes we're managing our money, and sometimes our money is managing us. Oh wow. And therein lies the problem when your money is um when your money is managing you. What has shaped your outlook on money, honey?
1: Uh money, honey. Oh, God. <laughs> um I mean so many things. I mean, what has shaped my outlook on money? Um I mean you can't you can't deny how you were raised. Right. And how, you know, you were brought up and um I'm from the islands, I'm from Trinidad, you know. And you know, money like not gr- from Jamaica. Growing up, oh shoot, I messed up. <laughs>
0: it's okay. The yeah. truth will
1: <laughs> set you free. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, it, growing up, like we, we had no real issues with money. Like life was just about running and having fun. and yeah, you know, having a. Everything good got paid. Everyone had a yeah. house. Yeah. So it was just different. Like there was never any, from what I know, there was never any financial pressure per se. You mm-hmm. know, um, these are landowners that had generation of, 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 of land, you know, so yes. nobody really had um, issues like that. So, yeah. um, of course, once I came to the States and, you know, being in New York and the pressure to live nice and live comfortable, it's like, yeah, yeah you're, you have a different appreciation for money. And so what has shaped my, um, my thoughts from, from, from kind of the, the not negative side, but on the, on the other end is just um, living in a place of need. Like just not having enough to cover expenses, and you know, and doing the things that you want, or be limited, and so that it has shaped my thoughts of, of it, and and in yeah. being in those places has helped me to try to see it differently. And so it was, even though it was a rough time, it's like yeah. it was good for me because now I c- I can see what it means, and I can appreciate it on, a, on a much greater level. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, don't you think it's ironic? It's like like you said, when you live in the islands. Um, think for some people, it's a little more carefree. You don't have that stress and that pressure to keep up with the Joneses and to make things happen and to hustle and bustle for every little thing you need, but then people come to America and you know people have this ideal image in their mind of what it means to live in america the the land paved with gold, the land of opportunity, and then you come here and you got to work ten times harder than you had to in your country to live well. I just feel like that's so ironic, yeah, yeah
1: a lot of people are definitely um you know (laughs) um just like a few years ago we had this big boom of of people rushing down to the south um and now people are rushing back up north (laughs) um so it's like you can't escape it's like are there places where the cost is cost of living is less and there are better opportunities and better homes of course like i won't deny that but it's like you can't lie to yourself it's like if you struggled um, if you're struggling to to manage what you have, yeah. location is not going to fix that ah, alone. Like yeah. you are, yeah. you are the same you moving yeah. to a different place. It's like wherever you go, there it's, you it's are. You. So you might as well just figure yourself out where yeah. you're at, and yeah. that's a good place to start from. Wherever I'm at right now, yes. even if it's in a place of like not being where I need to be, yes, let's start here and figure be it out. Be honest
0: about and, where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big a big motto in the social work um, community. They have a big approach about meeting people where they're at because like you said maybe where you're at is not where you want to be maybe you have aspirations of being someplace different someplace better but until you could keep it real with yourself and keep it 100 about where you are at the moment then you're not going to ever be able to get where you want to be anyhow so it's totally okay to um to start where you are and Mm -hmm. to take it from there. Izzy says money is the price paid for the things we need. It is tangible and intangible. That is, it can be the physical legal tender we hold while it can also be time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about the value that you assign to it. All about the value that you assign to it. Welcome, Sandra. Welcome, Sister Sandra. How are you? Happy Monday, Izzy says that. That's what I draw the line from the statement. Money answers all things. Yeah, I totally get it, Izzy, and I, and I think that's absolutely correct. Sometimes money is tangible, and sometimes it's intangible, and um, certainly, like you said, it's a matter of um, of what we what we hold and what we can draw from that. What has shaped your outlook on money, guys? Let us yeah, know. Yeah, you
1: answer that. Let me hear your answer on that. Um, my.
0: Um, I guess a combination of my upbringing as well as, as well as my, as well as the culture, you know, now my outlook on money is vastly different than it was when I was growing up. And when I, and it, you know, like in my early twenties, my mid twenties and everything. So similar to, similar to what you said, my outlook on money has changed with time and depending on where I'm at in my life. When I was like growing up, for example, like it was all about keeping up with the Joneses. If you didn't have the latest Jordans, if you didn't have your Timbs, oh, if you didn't have your your Polo Bubble, like who were you even? So like that's how that's you were and doing that good. was. Listen, I
1: had the Olympias.
0: No, see, I feel bad for you. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Olympia ears, man. No, I have the Olympia I'm ears. Bad I'm for not for you gonna right lie. Now.
0: But, like, that's how I grew up, you know, and and my mom and my stepdad worked really hard to make sure that we had those things. My mom um, wasn't so much into, like, labels and this kind of thing, but my stepdad was um, always an easy sell with anything. So we could always get him to take us to the junction and buy up a whole bunch of Jordans at Get Set or buy up a whole bunch of Tims. And and he didn't think anything of it, you know, and uh, heaven forbid it was Christmas time. He got these huge bonuses and it was just like he went all out for us. It it was like no questions asked. And so for me... As a teenager and in my, you know, and in my early 20s, it was like all about looking fly, all about the material and the outer things, you know, and and that and and that's where my values lied. And as I got older and um, my life has changed and as I, you know, moved out of my mother's house, started living on my own, footing all my own bills, my outlook on money began to change. Um, But even then, it it wasn't until the last couple of years that I was like, nah, something got to give. Something got to I got to do something different. I, I can't get I can't get caught in the cycle of um, looking for the next job every three years to accommodate my lifestyle or looking for the next rate waiting for the next raise or the next bonus and then still not being able to account for where the money went at the end of the day. So, um, it, you know, it's changed throughout throughout time. And, you know, now I have two kids. Now I have a husband. And, and so now I have two. Three kids, yes. <laughs> three kids. I have. We. Ha- I have my wonderful bonus son. Um, so and 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 that definitely changes things. When, when we have all three at once, forget about oh, it. Geez. So um so yeah so now now I definitely look at um look at um money differently and I look at it exactly like you did like it's a tool to be utilized to work for me as opposed to me working so hard for it. Yeah,
1: Sonny. Good. Yes. So, how do you use money as a tool? Um, one, one, one principle I've, I've learned to follow is you have to tell your money what to do, right? Yeah. Or you can Or tell your money where to go. It's yes. like if 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 your money is assigned for you, you're in a, that's a rough place. Yeah. And what that means is like before you got, before you even get paid, it's like it's gone. It's, it's like so yeah. it's, it's like you have you have no control. Over where it's going, yeah, and so it's like that's that's a that's a, a very frustrating place to be because you mm-hmm. work hard. The people work hard, you know. They right. work sometimes two or three jobs, and
0: a lot of times at jobs they don't want to be at.
1: Exactly dealing with people they don't want to be around. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to put up with so much, and then you get paid, and it's like you do you even have a say. Yeah, like it's gone. So you have to get to a place where you have control of where your money goes, right? And so that's an important tool. Now, how do you get there? Um, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. what steps have you taken? Are you at the place t to, to where you tell your money where they're going, what to do, or is it still um, telling you what it, what it has to do? <laughs> and you're trying oh, to you keep up. Are you
0: so hard at that, yo?
1: And I'm just gonna find out.
0: <laughs> you're like, yo, you on. at that place? Um, I am. certain I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. Um, I am really, really close to that place. And I have to be honest the way that the way that I got there was through eliminating the debt. Eliminating those reoccurring bills that oh, don't geez. have to be there. Debt. um exactly. Debt is dumb. No, <laughs> the way I got there is um, eliminating my debt. Attacking my debt was the first was the first step to me being able to get to a place where I was like, okay, finally, I'm getting I'm getting income, and I don't have to automatically um, put it out. Towards bills, it's so crazy because even now, like I had all the credit cards set up on auto pay, mm-hmm. and I had everything, you know, as calendar alerts in my phone. Even now, I get alerts that say, "Oh, this bill is this bill is due for this credit card on this day. This bill is due for that credit card on that day." And it's like that's a prime example of like, okay, my money is already going here, there, and all of these places that it's allocated for already. Um, and thankfully, I don't have to pay those credit card um, bills because they're all paid off. So um, so I'm getting closer to being in a place where it's like, OK, now I can tell my money where to go, as opposed to it being like, well, this bill rents due, lights due, gases due, car notes due, credit cards are mm-hmm. due. It's like overwhelming. Um, but eliminating debt was um, instrumental Eliminating debt was instrumental in getting closer to being like finally, I'm getting, I'm gonna get paid, and I don't have to be paying out all of these, um, all of this money towards those kinds of bills. Because certain kind of bills are gonna be there regardless. Your rent's gonna Mm -hmm. be there. Your light is gonna be there. Your gas is gonna be there. Your food's gonna be there, right? So those kinds of bills are gonna be there regardless. But there's certain other kind of bills that you don't have to have. You don't have to have um, mounting credit card debt. You just don't And then I know people Who get into the Get caught up in the cycle Of taking out a personal loan To pay off the credit card debt Ooh, Right That's bad So the- <laughs>
1: yeah that's, that's really
0: bad. <laughs> I know so many people that have done that and I've been I've been there, right? I've been like, Dag, I got this twelve, thirteen thousand. I'm paying six different cards every month. I don't even you know, you can't really see yourself out of that kind of a hole. So you do the desperate thing and you say, Well, it, it certainly sounds better to just be paying off one bill, one mm-hmm. big bill, as opposed to splitting my money in all of these different ways. Um so again it's like once i was able to eliminate those kinds of debts the credit card debts and those kind of mm-hmm. things it's um it's brought me closer to being able to be like all right finally i could breathe and take a step back and be like what do i really want to do with these funds that i'm not paying on credit cards
1: and what's what's wrong with the uh the payoff the that that payoff situation what payoff i mean consolidate into um
0: i mean you're just You're sort of like... All right. So, if you have uh, five credit cards that you're having uh, trouble paying off, Mm -hmm. right? And then you go and you take out a personal loan to attack all that credit card debt. And now you're just paying off your personal loan. You're robbing from Peter to pay Paul. So... Yes, you don't have to pay all of these different credit cards, but now you still have to pay that loan off, and you still have interest on that loan. So you just swapped one for another, one that may may have felt more burdensome, and now mm-hmm. it's like up oh, just one five hundred dollar a month payment instead of five different credit card payments, and you still have um, your interest rate on that, and the interest rates that they give you are so bad. Yeah, and
1: well, see, that's the thing. It's like they 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 have to realize these financial institutions, they know that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. So uh and which on the struggle exactly so it's like <laughs> hey we'll take up all this debt for you but now you got to pay like 26% on 15 like some exactly. insane so it's insane like the aggregate number. of all the all the interest from the five cars is yeah. probably a lot less exactly than what you're playing on that mass alert. So you have to like you have to. I mean, T laughs at me because I have a lot of spreadsheets and I'm, I'm I love Excel. <laughs> and he every got time I <laughs> for days honey. every time we want to do something new, I I, I do a new he spreadsheet. Whips out a spreadsheet. And a scenario scenario.
0: We're up to you scenario to number ten. By scenarios by now.
1: we got to man. We got mad scenarios. We got
0: mad scenarios.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna turn that spreadsheet into an app one day. I'm uh, say, uh, oh, I'm sure, honey but um yeah it's like you gotta you have to do due diligence man you have to like um yeah you have to you have to be able to sit down and 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 calculate this stuff like you have to do the math yeah like it's it's not okay to just be ignorant you can't just trust people because they say well we are alone or we are an institution like we you know you can't assume that they're experts of what they're doing and even if they are like it doesn't hurt you to say hey what would the math be? Ask the tough questions. Like, okay, yeah. you'll give me this um, consolidated loan. That's cool. Yeah. What's the um? What's the um? The interest gonna yeah. be?
0: It's so interesting that you say ask the tough questions. I think that's a big, and that's why I'm. I want to bring these kind of conversations out to the forefront and have the discussion because I think a lot of times we we don't want to do the hard work. We don't wanna ask the tough questions. We don't wanna do the due diligence. And so we just let somebody else handle it and pass the buck to somebody else and expect that they're gonna have all of the solutions that we need. So it's like, okay, just like you said, all right, Mm -hmm. this is a, you know, you gotta really and truly sit down with the spreadsheet or with the pen and the paper if you wanna do it old school, cause that's easier and say, okay, what do the numbers look like? Put the pen to the paper and say, how much am I paying in interest on all of these bills every month? What would happen if I took the money and slowly but surely chipped away. Don't do the easy thing and go get the the loan and consolidate and all of this stuff. Sit back and collect yourself and say, okay, I have this $500 uh, balance on this credit card. Let me allocate $50 each month. Until this credit card is paid off and be done with it and then move on to the next credit card. Right. That's not the um, the more favorable thing to do. That's going to take more time. That's going to take more effort, more consistency, more discipline, more diligence. It's much easier to just go get the consolidation loan and then be done with it like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, anytime you have an opportunity, and that's how. Remember, we were speaking to the mortgage guy today, and we spoke about the uh, the loans in two thousand eight when we had that housing crash. Mm -hmm. That's how people got caught. It's like, hey, you want a house for free? It's like, listen.
0: Oh, you don't have enough money to put to put a down payment. Walk away with zero down payment (laughs) and extra money in your pocket. If
1: it's too good, if it sounds too good and too easy, it's like it probably is. Probably because there's a process and everything, and if you ignore process or if process is a difficult thing for you to handle, yeah, um, it's gonna be tough because life is all about process you just got to go through stages of things at times to really get to where you you have to you you know where you want
0: to go absolutely some you can't bypass the process and and we live in a culture that is a microwave popcorn culture everybody wants everything fast quick and easy and it's just that you know long lasting things things that are truly worth it they don't come that way they come through blood sweat tears hard work discipline telling yourself no repeatedly keeping yourself in check repeatedly like none of that stuff is um fun when it's happening you know the bible says no discipline feels good at the time but eventually you will reap a reward and you'll reap the benefits of that discipline and it's the same it's the same exact thing and similarly, just like Izzy said, that's where the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. Scripture says the borrower is a slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. And so that includes any kind of borrowing. That's not just borrowing from a person. That's borrowing from a financial institution. That's borrowing from the credit card company. Any anything Anybody who's willing to give you something that you didn't have to work for give you something that you didn't have to do anything for when you're borrowing, you become a slave to the lender. And so we just have to be mindful of the way we get tripped up and get caught in the hamster wheel when we are talking about our finances. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Alright, what's next on the paper? That's why we both looking at the paper.
0: What I asked all the things that's on the paper.
1: <laughs> Stop it
0: with the paper purse. guys.
1: We want to hear from you. We it. have uh, some people that's live on us. We talk. We're seeing a lot of different things. I mean, what's your thoughts on what we're saying? I mean, share your experience. Um, share some things you've learned. Um, Mimi said that she uses spreadsheets also, and I was like, this and that's good oh Um, good for you
0: mimi listen you and perth would get along with a girl i'm telling you (laughs) every time we want we talk about money and doing something with money he whips out a new scenario well this is what would happen if we spent money here and allocated these funds there and of course i'd be looking at him like you're doing the most but they always come in handy i can't even lie hi roxanne how are you honey bunny make sure you guys share the video as you come on in hi karini welcome Good evening everyone. This is week 2 of Money and Matrimony. We are talking family and finance. We are getting into all of the nitty-gritties and talking about that very taboo subject of finances. Why do you feel like that's such a taboo thing babe for people to talk about? Uh, money? Yeah.
1: Um, cuz everyone has a little bit of it or a lot. Um everybody wants <laughs> everybody wants more or doesn't have enough. It's like it's... it's <laughs>
0: You're like, everybody has a little or a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's like people are on so many different levels. So it's it's hard to have a commonplace where money... I think people just have to have discussion, this discussion yeah. some more. Yeah. Like as a community, as as yes, families. Like yes. you have to sit down. I talked to my son. He's annoyed at me. Cause <laughs> he's like just 12. So annoyed. And he's like, okay, can I just play Fortnite and get some VC mm-hmm. dollars for NBA mm-hmm. and stop? You yep. know, like I put his money... Um, in this Acorns um, tool, um, this Acorn app, mm-hmm. and it's been invested now. So that's his allowance. It's actually being invested in Acorn, and he's like, "Oh, and so I'll show it to him. Like, hey, how much you got?" And he's like, he's trying to pull it. Like, I can't get it. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if if, if money is only a spending, um, a, a a tool for spending only, it's like now nah, you have to understand the concept of it. Yeah. It's like it does. It does so much more than just buy you things. Like there's a lot that and buy you
0: things that that are worthless as soon as you buy it.
1: Oh yeah, right. That's the we tend
0: to spend a lot of money on things that are worthless at the end of the day, and so we gotta. I've been working on myself ever so diligently to try to. Work with that consumer mm-hmm. mentality and the I want the nice things. I love nice things. Y'all. Amazon. Oh, jeez. Whoa. the mic? That's not
1: necessary, honey.
0: <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Amazon has come through in so many clutches.
1: <laughs> I was just sneezing. In two days? I was just not feeling Lord, well. I don't know what.
0: Bless the Lord for Amazon Prime. <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul.
1: You know why Amazon is tricky? Those, those, it's first of all with Prime, you get, the, you get, you get it so quickly. Mm. And then the price is like, oh, 20 bucks. Mm. 30 bucks. You know, no, no, big, Oh $10
0: Bless For the, some um, bless Orange God.
1: Loafers or something And then at the end of the month It's like oh I spent $500 On, on Amazon
0: Prime Amazon. Like how did that Happen to me That's another thing too Like so we sit down Every month right And we do our budget And we slack the you know for like a couple of months and then we decided to smoke. we are gonna get back serious On the budget and it's like you know Not for nothing when I was a little Young it was like budget was a dirty word Like budget no 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 I can't live on one of those And of course as you know My mind has been renewed and mm-hmm. Changed I began to Realize that a budget is your Bestest best friend mm-hmm. Because it's not so much That you know I think a lot of times we We look at a budget as something that's constraining and confining us from being able to do what we want to do and being able to spend money in ways that we also deserve because we're working so hard for it and it's like a budget is the exact opposite a budget tells your money where it should go and what it should do and ensures that you don't fall out of line so that at the end of the month you're not left with more month than money So when you have a budget You allocate how much money you think You need to spend in certain areas and then you hold Yourself accountable for not going over what You've allocated it's not saying that you can't have Things it's saying that this is The amount of money you're allowed to spend On any given thing you're the one who Makes up what that amount should be based Mm -hmm. upon How much money you have available so If you make three thousand dollars for the month You're the one that decides how much you should spend on your Hair and your nails and your toes and your eyebrows And eating you know eating out And having a coffee you know two or three times a week you get to decide those things the difference between having a budget and not having a budget is you have constraints that you're working within so that you don't end up broke at the end of the month what do you think about the the whole budget thing babe
1: um budgeting is 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 life it's um uh it's it's a way of of just um, my aunt said budgeting is my life. Oh, that's your auntie? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's hi, my aunt auntie <laughs> Um Yeah, I asked um what, I asked her how she does it. I wanted, I'm interested to see how how yeah. they, you know, budget. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's important because it's like it's, it shows you it shows you who you are.
0: Mm. Oh, ain't that the truth? Yeah. And sometimes you, you be like, Dag, I am just so awful. Yeah.
1: It's, like Dunkin'
0: it's, Donuts again?
1: Yeah, Starbucks. Uh... Wait. I feel move. like you attacking me. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not attacking you.
0: They're right across the street. Cut me some slack. I
1: know it's tough. Hmm. This isn't a good place. So, but at the same time, hi, Mima. Welcome. It shows you. uh um, Oh, who's that, Kareem? Ruthie. Oh, nice. <laughs> Family's coming through. Self control is key. Yes, uh, Izzy. Self control is key. It's it's all about. Yes. You can't get past you. Ooh, check. Oh, that's, that's my first. That's, book. Cool. I felt that <laughs> that's my first I felt that book in my right sanctified there. soul
0: <laughs> I felt that can't You get can't past get you. past and you that's, that's, But we're always trying to get And this trying. is why I'm not oh, an advocate Of having someone fix your credit Because you can't get past you Wherever you go There you are So when you have someone quote unquote Fix your credit You have done nothing to address How your credit got jacked in the first place whatever that reason may be and we've all been there like i i got my first credit card when i was 19 i didn't have no Shh, business me too. with that i don't even know if that's even true honestly now that I'm thinking about it, I think I was 17 because I think I was, yep, I was 17. It was senior year in high school and my mom had to co-sign for my very first Capital One credit card. Bless her soul for even doing such a dumb thing. But, you know, mom had issues saying no to me. So she co-signed for my very first credit card, a Capital One credit card, my senior year in high school. And she mm-hmm. figured, you know, I was working my little co-op job at the law firm. I went to, you know, we, you know back in the days we had co-ops. So you went to work one week and you went to school the other week and alternated like that throughout the whole year depending on if your grades were were good enough so i worked at the you know a little law firm in midtown at the time my mom figured you know what listen she could she could handle it she's responsibly working whatever co-sign for my first credit card i had no business what was the
1: credit limit three
0: hundred dollars oh yeah and i oh i felt rich i was 17 and i went went straight to metro (laughs) and bought dolomites
1: Wait, what's
0: that? Metro on Junction and bought Dolomites. Dolomites were these, like, really, like, rugged, hard, tough boots that girls should not have been wearing. But it was like... like you, Tim's or? Like Tim's, yeah. Oh. We'll Google after, honey, so you could see. <laughs> Went and bought me some Dolomites and was like, I am popping. <laughs> like, again. Like, <sighs> no. No, no, and no. So what I had to do was actually... The way that I was able to increase my credit score, guys. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Wait for it. What'd you do? I pay my bills. You pay the bills? That's how I increase my credit score. Like, I don't think that you should have I don't think it's wise for um for the long term to have somebody fix your credit. I think you need to fix your life.
1: Oh <laughs> yes, Ian
0: That's
1: not her name. Oh, was it
0: Ian Oh, I think you I think the key is to manage yourself. (laughs) money management is not about money Uh you don't got to go to Harvard and get an MBA to manage money Mm -hmm. what if you can manage yourself you'll be able to manage your money so it's about habits it's about discipline it's about consistency and understanding all of these things that we've been talking about tonight how do you see money um, where did you get your impression of money How has how have those things shaped your values mm-hmm. Where do you get your values from Like I said when I was 19, 20 My values was all about labels And material possessions Now I'm much older My, my maturity has grown My spirituality has grown So I recognize that material things Is not where it's at mm-hmm. I love nice things But nice things don't make me a better person Nice things don't make me a nicer person Or a more inviting person And so I just don't give it the kind of weight That I used to give it before when it was like oh I had to have these products this and oh this had to be Gucci and all else and that's just not that's just not what it's about. Mm-hmm. And so um and so I like I said that's the reason why I am not um uh, why I really don't support the fixing your credit thing too tough. Get back
1: um, well, I'll come to, I'll come look at it after, okay? Thank you. Bye. Real life
0: this is, yeah. is like. <laughs> this is what our life is like. This is what our life is like. Mimi said, I remember those. You remember those Mimi, the Dolomites? It was the Dolomites and the Gore-Tex boots, right? So you either had to have one or the other. And I definitely didn't have the Gore-Tex, but I went and bought them Dolomites. And I think they were like over $100. So I literally got the credit card, Capital One, walked to Junction, and instantly spent half of the total credit limit.
1: Ridiculous. Hey, Chris, y'all, com, congratulations on your recent wedding. That's our rayon sister.
0: Oh, she got married?
1: Yeah. Oh, nice. Mrs. Richards. Oh,
0: well, congratulations, it honey. It was
1: like a green uh, situation. It looked nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did see Rayon's pictures. I didn't know who was getting married, but I saw his picture. Yeah. Congratulations to her. Hi, Rochelle. Welcome, guys. We are talking money and matrimony. This is week two. What say you guys? How do you see money? What has shaped your outlook on money? What is your understanding of money and, and of finances? Those are the things we are talking about tonight.
1: Yeah. Corrine um, said before that her husband, uh, I think she was bit. Yeah. She's like, her husband does the budgeting.
0: Oh, uh, okay. She's,
1: so she's like, thank you know, thank God for him. So in terms of couples and relationships, how what do you think in terms of, of um, when it comes to budgeting? Mm-hmm. Um, how should that process look like? You think it's okay to have like one person in the marriage, in the marriage, marriage that, like one person handle that? I know I've, I've seen situations where it's like one person does it fully. And of course, when something happens, it's like, wait, I didn't know where we were financially. I didn't realize um, that we were I so think off. It,
0: I think it's, oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. I think it is okay to have one person um, be the forerunner. Mm hmm. But I think it's important that both people are actively involved and aware of what's going on. Um, I think exactly what you said definitely has happened to people where it's like, oh, well, I thought you were handling that. Oh, the, the mortgage hasn't been paid in three months, but I thought you were paying the bills. I thought you were handling I thought you knew what was, you know, and then the other person turns a blind eye. I don't think that's ever wise. So I think both people should certainly be involved. But, yeah. you know, for some people, they're stronger in making a spreadsheet in a scenario. But as you know, honey, because you're there, I'm sitting right next to you looking at the spreadsheet. Uh-huh. So, you, you know, I think both people should certainly be involved and held responsible and accountable for the income. But um, but whoever's stronger in that particular area, some, you know, you're certainly better with the numbers and crunching numbers and making spreadsheets. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm a little more organized so we can marry those two strengths and figure out how to best serve our family and keep the finances in check that way. Yeah. So I think any scenario where where you're both aware mm-hmm. and where you're on the same page and communicating openly and honestly is um, is
1: helpful. Good. One of the keys to budgeting, budgeting is uh, managing your spending. And so we know that's a struggle for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I think um, I think last month we probably spent I think what we did it was like over about two hundred dollars combined. Um, on um, no, it was like a little over hundred on, on Dunkin' doing this in Starbucks. Why you gotta put it. Yeah, out listen, here, we, yo. listen dang, we're not gonna be yo. on this thing to like tell lies, yo. Oh, no, like, I ain't so. say lies, but dang. <laughs> and when you look at it, Why it was like two dollars here, five. Cause we we're not going there and buying like forty bucks of stuff. It's like it's like two dollars here, five dollars. Like you're not missing that money. Yeah. But at the end of the month, it's like, man, are we like uh, addicted to, <laughs> I know. to? I know. To coffee. So there it was, was like,
0: one day where we were doing a budget, and you, I went to Starbucks twice that day.
1: I was like, what is this? It it's like 12 this? bucks each time. What did you get for 12? I mean, this stuff is expensive. A, I, I'm going
0: to tell you right now I got okay. a latte, mm-hmm. my my bacon and gruyere egg bites, okay, and a croissant.
1: Both times? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Right, we have another conversation ooh, after, ooh, this, uh, after this show. Oh, Jesus. this show. Tasha over.
0: said, I think both parties being involved and accountable takes away a lot of the arguments. Yes, uh, yeah, Tash. that's true. I would have to agree. Karini says no, but he is better at it. Put my advice... Put my advice and we put it... And we we both put it together. Makes sense. That's good. Makes sense. I mean, whichever one is stronger in that area is the one that should lead in that particular thing. Straight up.
1: Tasha's at Starbucks, too. we are going to have to...
0: Tasha said "That have so to st- me at Starbucks Have Listen, started
1: a group for husbands Whose wives are addicted to uh,
0: Don't be like that honey To caffeine And again that's why you budget You budget and you say I need my Starbucks And this is how much money I'm allowing myself to spend on that Within reason obviously And according to how much You have coming in for the whole month yeah. um, I think I clearly went over that uh, <laughs> and, uh, But I did too We're gonna re- recalibrate that For the month of July
1: um, How long is How, how, how important is goals when thinking about um, the aspect of budgeting and, um, you know, spending.
0: I mean, goals are super important. Goals are always important in every aspect of your life that you're trying to pour into and that you're trying to see specific results in, which should in all actuality be every aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're looking at your finances and you and your budgeting and you're um, coming together and meeting with your spouse and sitting down and going over things, um, I think having goals, um, very specific goals, very specific. Uh, time time limited goals. I think that's extremely important. It gives you something to work toward. Yeah. And it gives you um it gives you a reason to um to stay the course when it gets difficult. Goals help to keep you focused. A vision helps to keep your mind stayed on what you're working toward. Cause sometimes it does get tough. As I said, we went like two months and didn't do a budget. And we saw the results of that.
1: What? What's Dublin?
0: Oh, I don't know. Karini, what's Dublin? You said Dublin is my weakness. What's that?
1: I think is, is, does it mean? Did Duncan? you mean Dunkin'? Or is it like an Irish Dunkin' Donuts? Ow, you got it. Irish. Dunkin'. Yes, is it? Yeah, I do comedy too.
0: Um, <laughs> um, so yes, I think goals are very important. Tasha says recognizing each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, man, not everybody is strong in that area. And sometimes you need your you need your spouse to you know corral you in and and drag you along for the ride. as long as as long as they're willing to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said yes. she meant Duncan. So good, totally. What do you think about goals? Um, yeah, I think having short short term, um, long term goals are, are definitely a, a a good place to start. You know, yeah. where do you want to be next year? What plans do we, do we have next yeah. year? And it's like, um, you know, I've, you know, I've been thinking through some concepts because I'm, I'm I'm still working on this financial plan mm-hmm. and this business mm-hmm. um idea. And one of the things um I came up with is this concept of living for today and tomorrow yeah uh, or living or li- actually I call it, I said living two days at a time, yeah, and so it's like usually we think of this um having this the uh, having um these thoughts on two like two different ends of the spectrum. So it's mm-hmm. like you're either living for today, which means you live frivolously and you just live for fun and pleasure, right? Or you're living for tomorrow, which means you live a dull life mm-hmm. and you just put everything aside mm-hmm. and you're very like you know cheap and you you know you don't enjoy yourself or enjoy your money, right? And what what really is is like we have to come to a place of thinking of living um actually both of those scenarios Absolutely. daily and a so budget like, a budget totally a budget a budget is you. what helps you to get there because it's yeah. like. Living for today involves it doesn't living for today doesn't mean that you just withhold things from yourself, yeah, and like, it's like oh, you're also um you're also taking steps today for tomorrow so that Absolutely. could be that could be you know next year we would like to do a one month um vacation around Europe and just exactly. tour Europe. it's like exactly. you can have that yeah that's the great goal to have, yeah. and you can start from today to you can live from today to get that done tomorrow, exactly, and so it's like you have to really think about living living more than just um. Um, You know?
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be polar opposites. It exactly. doesn't have yep. to be, oh, I'm a stickler about my finances and I don't get to do anything. Or I got to ball out and, and live every day like it's my last. There's, a, there's a, a happy medium and a budget helps you come to that happy medium. A budget helps you say... I'm going to do something today that my future self is going to be like, yo, thank you for doing making that decision and making that call. You you can do that. And you can also say, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to have Starbucks two or three times this week. It's, It's really actually that simple. Tasha's goals are extremely important to me and I try to implement them for everyone in my household. Child, likewise over here, honey make sure you guys share the video sharing is caring so share 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 the video as you come on in and thank you guys of course for sharing your input your input is ever so valuable to our discussion we couldn't even be discussing this without you guys so we thank you and we appreciate you guys so much for coming on joining us giving us your time and being honest uncle frank is here
1: how are you doing uncle it was so good to see him, Uh, good to see him a few, uh couple weeks ago.
0: Hi, Uncle Frank, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast Live. We are in week two of Money and Matrimony. We have decided to come together for six weeks in, or is it five weeks? Five weeks. Five weeks in the month of July. Every Monday we're on live mm-hmm. talking about, um, talking about, money and matrimony family and finances and all of the things in between so make sure you guys share the video as you come on in uncle frank what say you
1: i mean thinking about the conversation i had with uncle i mean what do you think about because we're speaking about marriage uh, marriage and matrimony what do you think about uh money in terms of the family setting because i think that's where that's where oftentimes there's a lot more confusion but like certainly, among, certainly among family members, there are different concepts of money and different ways it's used. Mm-hmm. And certain sometimes pressure is placed at different places based on how people use money or how they think about it.
0: Yeah. For example, like what?
1: I mean, so it's like how do you how do you cope um, if you say you're on a budget, right? Mm-hmm. You and me and you you're you're not, you're not on a budget. Um, people sometimes they won't understand that.
0: Like other family members. Yeah, they may think. And okay, what when to borrow money or yeah. And how so, do you so, deal so sometimes with that. it can
1: be it can be a complicated thing when you go yeah. beyond just the husband husband wife component. Absolutely, and
0: start. especially in my family in particular, um, my mom. Let me find out how to say this diplomatically for any family who might be watching. Uh, my mom has um, always been available to give to family in Jamaica, and has always made herself available to. Um, to, to meet the needs of family members when they have asked and when they have, um, when they have been in need of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I saw, my stepfather also has had to make himself available as well for those kind of things, unfortunately. And so what I saw was it um, sort of caused a little breakdown in their marriage because my stepdad wasn't necessarily down with it, but he wanted to be supportive of my mom and wanted to be supportive of her family. So... Um, what i think for my marriage is that whenever something occurs that may go against our principles and our values that we have set we got to consult one another period i would not say yes to something mm-hmm. that you would not be in agreement with or say yes to something that um that um i have not had a conversation with you about to get your input on and so it's just um it's just how, how it has to be. You have to always consider that. And, you know, it took a, it took a while and a whole lot of Jesus mm-hmm. for me to get to a place where that's how my mind worked, um, worked automatically because I was on my own for such a long time. And I handled everything on my own for such a long time. And I never had to consult with anybody about finances. I never had to consult with anybody about whether I should do A, B, or C. It was like I, all my decisions um, began and ended with
1: me. I have for telling me,
0: yeah, so now I have to tell you. And of course, when um when I fully surrender my life to God, it made it that much easier to fully surrender my life to you because, um when I gave my life to God, then I began to be invested in the things that God wanted me to do. And part of part of the thing, part of the thing that God wants me to do is to be respectful and to be considerate to my husband. Mm-hmm. And so um and so that's how those things um interact with each other to be helpful. Yeah. Um Uncle Frank said controlling your money uh, does not mean having a dull life. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Focus on a budget. Yeah, totally. Uncle Frank, you look like you have a great life.
1: Impressed on the family the concept of need not the wants. Ooh. Yeah.
0: The wants get you a financial something? Distress. Distress. Oh, ain't that the truth? (laughs) If you don't keep those wants in check, you will definitely be in financial distress. How do I put it go down? It's down already. Oh. Karini says, I had to learn to say no. It was very hard, but I had to put my family, meaning my children and my husband first. Not easy because they're quick to guilt trip you. (laughs) But I got to say no. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. The guilt trip is real, and we we know that all oh too well, especially with the the big boy
1: yeah, the so guilt trip is it's, real it's, um, yeah it's 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 a sensitive and again we the first week we asked the question, hey, why is this subject so taboo i mean this is this is one of the reasons why yeah it's like you can't really have this open conversa- conversation sometimes because it will bring some things out mm, true and that. sometimes when people don't have, they remember things. And <laughs> they remember other things that have nothing to do with with money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> He's so <you> know. silly. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's, it's it's like it's it's a very sensitive thing. I think I think it's beyond the family. I think as a community, as a culture we have to change how we look at money. Facts. It just, it just can't be something. Um, and it starts at the family. The family is a great place to start because yeah, a, a families are communities, you know. Yes. So I think We're the more- first
0: community. Yeah. Yeah, we're the first community. When you, if you change your family, then mm-hmm. you can, it sounds really like silly and um, like um, idealistic, but if you change your family, you could literally change the world. Because all the world is, is a makeup of individual families and individual communities. And so, yeah, we do have to start with our families. It always begins with self. Start with yourself and then fan out from there. Tasha says, if we always bail people out and help them monetarily, they start to rely on us instead of God. Girl, you Mm. better preach that thing. (laughs) You better preach that thing. And it took me a long time to be okay with not being God. I am not the savior of the world <laughs> and I cop to that freely now. I am like, listen, it's above me. Like I can and it's okay that I can. Um, but exactly what you said, Tosh, you, you know, you bail people out monetarily and you're always there for them and then they start to rely on you and then they start to develop a sense of entitlement when you're not available or when you can't be available, they develop a sense of entitlement. Um, and so it just is whew, too much. Too, too much to deal with. And so, yes, letting people know um, where their source truly is. Just saying, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. But, yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, and like you said, babe, starting with family, starting with your family, educating yourself. You can't give your children what you don't have and you can't pass on tools to your children and your other family members, your siblings and things like that, that you don't have. And so investing in yourself, investing in knowledge, I put up a, um, a quote that said, an investment in knowledge pays the best dividends. It's like you want to talk about our ROI, a return nice. on yeah. your investment. Investing in knowledge is the best form of investment and then committing yourself to um, implementing that knowledge, committing yourself to putting that knowledge into practice. We live in a great country with an abundance and an overload of information. It's just we're very selective um, about the kind of information we choose to take in. That's all it is. It's like, you know, you could choose to be on IG for six, seven, eight hours out of the day, or you could choose to spend even one hour, one of those hours, reading something that's going to make you wiser in that area. Reading something that's going to change your outlook in that area. You will be surprised what that would do for your life and for your mentality. It changes
1: everything. Yes. Yes.
0: It changes. It really and truly does. We have to get to a place where we're willing to invest in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Even before investing in stocks and bonds, if we can just invest in ourselves first, you know, that's truly where it begins.
1: It really is. Yeah, I was talking to a good friend of mine recently. I was telling him, um, because he was telling me about some things he's dealing with, you know, family-wise and some Mm -hmm. struggles. And I'm like, so what's stopping you from developing you?
0: Right, right.
1: And I mean, it was it was a tough question. I yeah. mean, because sometimes, and it's like I, I mean, I think I'm a tough p- person to talk to. Really, <laughs> <laughs> I might You're
0: be. because <laughs> I'm
1: like I'm like okay. I understand all these things are happening, but what, what does that mean? Why 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 can't you read a book? Why can't you invest in some um, institution or something to mm-hmm. to learn more about a specific mm-hmm. um, a task or ability or something? Yeah. Like, what's stopping you from growing? Yeah. So it's like that's that's a tough question, but that's that's a real question. There's no reason why you can't, especially if you live in America. And the access that we have yeah. and the amount of access of things that we have for free. Like there's no reason why you're not growing as yeah. an individual. Until you grow mentally and really expand your thinking and learn more, right. it's like what is then you, you can't do better mm-hmm. in terms of finances because knowledge is everything.
0: Yeah, you can do better and you can't blame that on anybody else.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's you really you gotta mm-hmm. own
0: your life. You have to own you and and keep and be willing to keep yourself in check. Scripture talks about the importance of being able to handle you because you are the only thing you can control. You can't control nothing else. And so if you are struggling with keeping yourself in check, everything else in your life is going to be out of whack and out of balance because you don't have any consistency and you don't have the discipline to keep your own self in check. Keeping yourself in check is not easy. That's like when I did the discipline challenge a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. and I challenged everybody to do a to-do list every single day for 30 days It ain't easy because some days you just want to get up and let the day do what it do. You don't want to have that um, hold yourself strictly accountable to doing this only for an hour and this only for 30 minutes. And now I got to move on to the next task. And oh, my gosh, I didn't finish this. And and yet I have three more tasks that I got to get on to. But once you are able to build that discipline in. And once you are able to build that consistency and which is really what the, ta- what the challenge was about, right? And that's why I call it a discipline challenge and mm-hmm. not a to-do list challenge, right? Because it wasn't about the to-do list. It was about the intentionality of it all and the discipline and the consistency. Those are habits that when you build those things into your life, legit, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing that could, that could stand in your way once you are disciplined, once you establish consistency, and once you understand that when you approach things with intentionality, there's nothing that, that, that could stand in your way once you establish those things. So that's really and truly um, what it's about. And, and this is why I'm always saying that um, money management is not about managing money. It's not. It's about managing you, managing yourself. What say you, Perth Phillip?
1: Yeah, I was just looking through my library, so I want to I want to share, and I asked I asked a question out there for some people to share, um, some what like what some good books to read because I mean let's be practical we can say all these things but like how do you how do you develop this skill right yeah um so what some books you've read or what. Um, You're reading now
0: Hands down the best book I've read in terms of finances For me was The Total Money Makeover Mm -hmm. And I've told the story I had that book for years That's by who? That is by Dave Ramsey And Dave Ramsey is You know Author, speaker you know financial financial authority um he has financial peace university and um that just happened to be what was in line with my values and my philosophy you got to define your values for you um but in any event once you do define what your values are where you're trying to go what your goals are what your vision is then you can decide what kind of books you want to read and what kind of educational material you want to invest in for me i um i bought financial um I bought the total money makeover years ago. When I first started theology school, I happened to have like some leftover funds on my um, book voucher. And I was like, well, let me go in, you know, and, and see what I can get. And, um, the name Dave Ramsey stood out to me because I had just finished doing one of his daily devotionals. He had like a Daily Diva on a Bible app about being a good steward of your finances as a Christian and everything. And so once I went to go and um, look at the school bookstore and I saw, oh, OK, there's Dave Ramsey and the Total Money Makeover. I bought the book. That was like three, four years ago. Never read it. But I, I was interested. And I did have a little spark that said I need to do something with my finances and I want to, you know, do something a little differently and, and be more responsible with my finances. So finally, now this year in January, I read the book. And for me, that was um that was a game changer. It was a game changer. Um, but that's me. So I would definitely encourage anybody else who wanted to chip away at debt, who wanted to figure out how to break down that arduous task into bite-sized pieces because i'm all about breaking things down um and he does have like seven baby steps that allow you to actually navigate it
1: what about you honey um you should write that so people could, could check it out later um i've been on a reading reading um like
0: kick yo you and your audible books
1: yeah, Audible Audible is life. Like um you say you can't find time to sit and, and read. Yo. So as I'm driving, I'm doing a lot of driving, especially this summer I'm all over the place. So I've been just get, getting books and reading um since January. A good book I've read um uh The Richest Man in Babylon by George mm. S. That's a that's a Did I just that? That's a big one. Um and that's that's a great. That's a great. That's an amazing Was book. Was it honey? Um The Richest Man in Babylon.
0: Tell me one of the key principles you learned from that book.
1: That um it spoke about investing. It, it spoke about uh, it spoke about the the rich man mm-hmm. not being the man who is the flashiest man or the mm-hmm. man who shows the most, mm-hmm. right? He's unassuming, mm-hmm. right? He's not always he's not the one to sometimes have. And, and when, you, when you listen to these so people who are really successful, you know Grant Card- Cardone and some of these mm-hmm. guys, and he's like, you know, he he was making he was a millionaire and still drove a regular basic car. Yeah, it's like people who aren't rich try their best to look rich mm-hmm. and and end up <laughs> end up in debt. Yeah. And people who are rich aren't even they're just living. Because mm-hmm. they don't have to look what they already are. So you have to ask yourself, what is being rich? Is yeah. it a is it a Thing you look like, right. or is it uh, where you live? And it's right. uh, it's about yes. a lifestyle. So true. And so it's like for those of us who, unfortunately, have not lived the lifestyle, yeah. we know what we see on TV. Yeah, we know Money, how cars, yeah, jewelry, bags, yeah, the reality shows, and we are watching the Kardashians. We know how their clothes look and their luggage look and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we try our best to have that because from from where we stand, yeah, that's that a, that's a visual that. of what yeah. rich is, right? Um, and and. That's for, good, baby. For them it is, but, cause, but that's because they are that before they <laughs> like had Like, for that. real, yeah. So it's like we, we're we getting the things, but not getting the... Yeah, we're
0: not establishing we, the lifestyle. Yeah, we're not building substance. that in, into
1: our lifestyle. Yeah. So that was a great book, yeah. um, The Richest Man. And
0: There's
1: now... A, you want to read that, baby? I've also... we um, what? Wait.
0: Oh. Uncle Frank. Focus on the that? family no. Oh focus on Long term financial goals Educate yourself On investments Realize that The credit card companies Would like to keep you In their debt For as long as they can That's how they survive Exactly Absolutely Uncle yeah. Frank Tosh says You can have Way less than A monetarily rich person And live a richer lifestyle mm-hmm. Absolutely Tosh It's all about Your values Where do you What are your values And who assigned These values to you who was where did you get these values from? You know? I had to really and truly re examine my values, you know? Um, sometimes the culture keeps it us in a chokehold. Yes. And and we are inundated with images and music and and all of these different kind of things that stimulate our minds and, mm-hmm. and, and cause us to um to, to store things in our subconscious. So we have to ask ourselves, what are our values? And who has defined these values for me? Do I need the Gucci this? Do I need the Fendi that? And if, if I don't have that, then what? You know what I'm saying? If Do I have to go on Instagram and take a picture of everything that I buy? Or, or does everything I buy have to be a label? Cause I love me some nice stuff, but let's be clear. Some stuff I buy are straight from Amazon. Some stuff I buy are from anonymous random boutiques on Instagram simply because I like to patronize black businesses. Mm -hmm. And so not everything has to be a big time label, an Italian label. Like that's not where I'm at in life. So it's like, where do, where do our values come from? And, and. Because of where I'm at, no one can make me feel less than because I, I choose to spend my money here instead of there. No one can make me feel like anything because I just don't um, assign that kind of power and authority to anybody. But for a lot of people, that's not necessarily where they are. The pressure to, mm-hmm. to keep up with the Joneses is a serious pressure for some people. And, um because I've made the conscious decision to fix my identity in Christ. And because I believe that I am who God says I am, then it doesn't matter whether I have on a Gucci belt or no belt or a no name belt or a belt I got at the thrift shop seven years ago. It, it, it all, it's all relative to me. It's, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't change anything for me. So a, a big part of that is figuring out what your values are and getting to the root of, Are those really your values? Do you want those to still be your values? Do you want to change your outlook on life and and figure out some a a different set of values? Like, Mm. you know, uh, that's a that's a big part of it too. Tasha, we also have to ask ourselves if the things we see are a distraction from our core values. Precisely, precisely.
1: Enough time. Enough time. And this is like this is like a much bigger subject. And this is like <laughs> This is like huge and heavy I mean when we talk about Systematic racism And mm. system and, and things that's happening On a high level mm. In terms of our culture And what we see And how we see ourselves And how that's perpetuated Through media I mean that's like a whole Absolutely. Other heavy thing But yeah. you have to that's, that's why You just can't have your kids Watching uh, it, You know Watching their phones All day long Because yes. what What they're seeing Has been filtered Through a lens Yes and it's like that's why kids are struggling with image. Yes. At twelve years old, they're not sure yes. what they are and what they're about and who they are and who they're where yes. they're going. It's like you can't just have have society um, telling your kids telling what them. they
0: mean and who they are.
1: And so I think uh, when we spoke about before, what shaped my thoughts about money, a lot of it was shaped based on what. Society showed me.
0: Absolutely, you know, and, and
1: thinking about what, right. how far I can go based on what I knew. Yep, I only, I only thought differently when I started reading more and learning mm. more, and I only did that um, at the age of forty. And, yeah. and that's just that's just being honest and yeah. being real like i mean i i wish like when i was 19 and 20 i thought this way i mean right. i would have been a different person absolutely i would have had a, a be wealthy much for larger real. impact on, on on my on the world and you know the global community yeah based on the way i think now that you know and, and so that's important for our younger our younger people and for those who are in college and it's like don't think that those years are about having fun and, and figuring yourself out it's like, no. There are there are kids at 19 who are millionaires who are Facts. billionaires. There are kids at 20 who are doing big things and yeah. moves and shit. Cause it's like you don't have to wait till it's like you've been through a lot of yeah. things and made a lot of mistakes. It's like oh now I get it.
0: You don't have to go that way. It doesn't yeah. have to. You don't. I'm a big proponent of the of the idea that you don't have to learn everything the hard way. Yeah. Right. Some things you can just approach wisely and wisdom says, you know, I'm not going to have to experience this. I'm going to learn from your experience. I'm going to look at what you went through and I'm not going to do that or whatever yeah. the case may be. So you don't have to learn everything the hard way. You know, I was telling you babe a couple of weeks ago that I saw on, you know, um Diddy has like the Diddy Plus 6 little Instagram, little IGTV thing yeah. that he has with the kids and it's like for the twins their summer internship is working at Combs Enterprises, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. That's the way you do it. You have your own enterprise, your own LLC, your own company, and then you let your kids intern there. You let your kids come and you and, and see the day-to-day operations so that they learn and so that they understand the way things work mm-hmm. and they move and shake in that arena. And by the time they're adults, they're so comfortable in that world that they just take off running, you know, and you don't have to force a work ethic upon you child or, or, yeah. or, you know, hope for the best for your child and, and, and hope you know that when you're gone that they'll be alright. It's like, no, you gotta establish a sure way that they're gonna be okay when you're no
1: longer here, and then they, they get it. That's one. That was also one of the, the points of that book too. Richest man. Mm-hmm. Um, be careful to mind your own business, mm. and that means. Oh yeah, it's, that's it's, what Jay was saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you have to. Not, that's not that's that's not saying not talking about being nosy or like right. keeping to yourself. Yeah. it's like no have what's have your own business. It's like where is your place in the world, mm. and that's that cannot be defined by you supporting someone else's. Agenda for your entire life Facts And listen I I know that's easier That's certainly More comfortable Yeah Because you don't have to worry About hiring And firing Mm. And you don't have to worry About the bigger details And innovation. You can just go on autopilot Clock in Clock
0: out Keep it pushing But it's
1: like No When you're able to Mind your own business When you're able to Have your own You can create a generation Of kids who understand and, And look at life From a different place Right and there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. And we all have great ideas and we, we all have something that's unique about us. And we all have something that can be monetized, yeah. honestly. Some, uh, some idea yes. that you've thought about for many Absolutely. years. It's like, wouldn't this be cool if I could do this? It's like, yes. Yeah. If there's a problem in the world and you find a unique solution for it, you've just made the first step into being a successful Absolutely. person. Absolutely. So people just have to, like, you have to take the risks. Steve, Steve Harvey said it, said it great. Right? You have to jump. Yeah. Right, you're gonna fall. Um, you're gonna you're gonna travel. You're gonna you're gonna be moving anyway. <laughs> you might as well just jump. Yeah, just take the risk. Like yeah. it's, it's not gonna hurt. Because um, what you learn from jumping uh, will help you to be successful the next time you jump. Exactly. And then at some point you're gonna jump and never have to like worry about jumping again. That's not a. Um, um, that's that's, that, that's a great point that's a yeah. great point a good outlet in life yeah so. yeah
0: absolutely what about another book honey that you could suggest because listen mean, I, you, you read like a different one every month so I know, yeah. you another, I know you got a bunch
1: I mean the 10x rule by Grant Cordon is a good book rich dad poor dad um, All right, yes. oh
0: right yeah more important than money I really money. like rich dad poor dad
1: Grunch of Giants by R. Buckminster um, Buck Fuller Buckminster Fuller yeah that's, that's a pretty that's like a crazy book Grunch of Giants. So that's that's an insane book. Like that's uh, that like I had a, a headache reading back. Some of these books I have to like listen to like two or three times to really get it.
0: When you do the audible books, do they say yours forever? Do they what? Do they say yours forever? The books? Yeah, you, do the you
1: download books. them and it's it's part of your profile, so I can just click on it and listen to it um, as much as I. One, two, but Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That's a great book. That has a, that's, that has, he has some really good points on assets and liabilities and managing assets and defining what an asset is and pretty much making it pretty close because I, I always, you know, there are different ways of looking at it. And for him, it's, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. An asset puts money in your pocket, mm-hmm. a liability, liability takes money out of your pocket. Yeah. And so if you have an asset, or if you have a business, and all, it, all you're doing is paying into it, and you're not receiving from it. Like, yeah. That's not really what an asset is. Yeah. And so people are still not really having true assets, and so they're just having liabilities. They're, they're like, like the my financial advisor said, it's like if you don't have a financial plan for your business, you just have an expensive hobby.
0: <laughs>
1: Listen, that oh thing. Oh my gosh,
0: when he said I that, felt I felt like crying. Going down, like I asked yes, you. <laughs>
1: All these years, you. I'm doing my music. I'm like, man, I love this. This is my passion. Yeah. He's like, okay, so can I see your business plan? And can I see, yeah. I'm like. Well,
0: your profit and loss statement, and you're like, yeah, wait, what? You see
1: what, but, but, <laughs> but what happened was, it's like, you know, you have to build, it's like client, and it's like, I had, I had some good points, but he's like, yeah. listen, you like a business looks, smells, tastes like a business. Facts. If it's not that, it's just a hobby. Just, just an expensive and hobby that was, and He was like listen that and that's was a tough okay. pill,
0: it was a tough pill but to it was a real but pill. it was on it it yeah. was a real pill it was honest and again it allows you to take honest inventory of yourself and where you're at because you may really be telling yourself now nah, i got a business i'm running a business and it's like not if you're not generating a profit though not if you don't have a structure and a business plan and a strategy it's just like the our advisor said okay so what you have is an expensive hobby and he was like listen let's be clear Ain't nothing wrong with an expensive hobby. But call it that and budget accordingly for that. Like, don't just just throw money at things and be like, oh, this is a business. Because then you're setting yourself up for failure and for wasting your money. Just tell yourself, like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to be able to do this for my sanity. Like, my husband and his books, you know? He, he wants to read his books And it's like okay He's not saying he's an author He's saying I need to read books And this is how much money I want to spend on my books
1: Yeah and we budget for that as well too Yeah we budget for that <laughs> yeah, Listen <laughs> That's the line I don't want to spread to you though That's also. a
0: line We budget for everything um, Development we really Self-development Yeah self- exactly so
1: if you don't have that On your budget Please add it
0: Add it Self-development
1: Get In- a book A book a month
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. A new book each month. My book for this month is, um, divine time management. Mm. Um, as I spoke about a couple of months back, um, with the discipline challenge and doing the to do list and managing your time hour by hour, it sounds like a very tedious task to be like every hour though. Um, And it doesn't have to be every it doesn't have to be all 24 hours in the day, but a good portion of your day should certainly be accounted for in productive ways that propel you toward your overall vision and your overall goals. Um, You know, in six months, we'll be done with this year. It's like, that don't even make sense to me. That's so mind blowing.
1: blowing. That doesn't
0: even make any sense to me. I feel like the year literally just started. And so, um, the point of doing the to-do list and breaking it down hour by hour Mm -hmm. is that it holds you accountable for meeting your goals and, and, um, Meeting your goals holds you accountable for working in sync with your overall vision. So what is your vision for your life? Scripture says, without a vision, the people perish. What is the vision you have for your life? Where do you want to see yourself next year? Where do you want to see yourself in three more years, five more years, seven more years? What do you want for your children? What do you want for your finances and your career? You know, a lot of times we don't even have the, um, the mental capacity to think like that because we don't have the break in the monotony of our day. Yeah. To step back and say what do, I, what do I want? Like I get up every day I, I take care of my kids I take care of my spouse if, You know, if you have a spouse I, I report to my job And that takes up 10 to 12 hours of my day And so by the time you get home You're on the hamster wheel And you're exhausted And you're just trying to get the kids fed And check homework And get back to bed To do it all over again tomorrow So it doesn't hurt to ste- take a step back And ask yourself D- how, h- Am I happy like this? Do I feel joy? in in my current state of being and what needs to happen for that for that to change if the answer to that is no you know um get a vision for your life and then start to build your activities to drive your vision all of your activities that you're doing should support your vision in one way or another and push you further and further little by little push you further and further um toward your vision so that is essential that is essential in this whole in this whole thing so so Like you said, babe, self-development, like, yeah, that's a real thing. And it's budgeted as a line item because we recognize that the more we develop ourselves, the more we're able to influence the goals that we have and Mm -hmm. influence a change in our lives. It's like a ripple effect. And as you develop yourself, the, the the ripple starts to fan out into your children and into your loved ones and into your finances and into your spirit. And it's like the ripple goes on and on. So we're 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 pretty sold on. um. Self-development. So divine time management is, is what I'm, is what I'm reading now. And essentially that is a book about, um, trusting God's plan for your life. And how do you get to a place where you say, God, not my will, but your will. And how do you get to a place where you stop needing to control every single thing and start to partner with God? It took me a lot of years to get to that place where I didn't need to be in control of everything. I used to listen. For those who know me, control was the name of the game. If I couldn't anticipate and control and look at the 10 steps ahead and figure out all of these things, then I couldn't do it. I wouldn't even engage. I had to be able to be like, oh, OK, so this is the outcome that I'm predicting. And, I, and this is the way I see myself getting to that outcome, like a level of control that really and truly didn't give God any space in my life. And so what I had to do was say, you know what, God, I don't have to know how this is going to turn out. I don't have to have the answers. And I had to get to a place where I was OK with that. It's very uncomfortable and it's very nerve wracking. But it is a very freeing place and it really and truly gives God the space to do miraculous things in your life. Mm-hmm. So I'm really digging the divine time management and I'll keep you guys posted on that and give you guys the um my takeaways as I've done with my other books as well.
1: And on my like for my last point, this concept of perishing, you said with our, what do you say without our vision? Yeah. When people perish? Yeah. And so this yep. concept of dying means that when you leave this earth, um, your name leaves with you. Mm. There's no intellectual property that carries on, mm. and so that's that's. If you don't have a vision, um, your 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 death will be a complete death. When I say that, what that means is like beyond your name, there's no, there's no um, yeah. impact you've left yeah. for the next generation. No mark no mark you've left on the earth. And so it's like, you have to have a vision. And um, that's why people are, I mean, Steve Jobs is gone, but his product and his name will, oh, live, on will live on for the rest of, um, because he lived a life that was purposeful and he yeah. made impact in, in, yes. in what he did. And so yeah. it's, and it's not about just being millions and being billionaires. It's like, no, you're, you're, you're a part of this global community. What's your role? Yeah. What are you doing to enhance that? Absolutely. And so these are Absolutely. some great things. I mean, it's been a good time.
0: yeah. It really has. We yeah. went a little bit over an hour, oh, a bit but, it, but it was well worth it. Did we because... budget for this? this oh, don't be like that, honey. Okay, it was well worth spreadsheet. going over it. <laughs> the, the <spreadsheet. laughs> it was well worth it, guys. We love I you totally. guys. We love chatting with you guys, and we appreciate you coming on and giving us your feedback and having this conversation with us. We will be back next Monday, mm-hmm. as planned, Lord willing. We will be sitting down with you guys and chatting again for week three of Money and Matrimony. So be sure to join us. Tell a friend to tell a friend and get in on the discussion. We appreciate you guys. And, of course, share the video. Sharing is caring. And um, follow up with us throughout the week. Any input you guys have, any things that you want to... Um, add we are always open and as um as you said honey this is a um this is a dialogue this is a two-way conversation we are certainly not authority figures we are merely experts on our experience and on our life and we are sharing that with you guys yeah. in hopes that it will spark something and um encourage a larger conversation and a continued conversation hey jonathan we about to log off honey oh don't worry we
1: haven't was it uh, money what? After dark, what is
0: it? Jonathan, stay tuned for money after
1: dark. <laughs> money <laughs> after dark. That's why he came on at 9 o'clock. He thought it was nice at midnight, bro. <laughs> Don't worry.
0: Jonathan we said, I made it you. just in time. What y'all talking about? I made it in time for money after dark. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 stay tuned for the follow-up after show, money
1: after dark. That's yeah, so we get hot, hot and heavy about money. Yes. And love Alright
0: So we'll see you guys Next week so much For joining us Thank Have a great week Thank you for joining us Bye guys Bye bye now Until next time Be bold Be powerful And be victorious Stay connected At Throneroomthoughts At com.